0: You're listening to The Omni Show. Get to know the people and stories behind the Omni Group's award-winning productivity apps for Mac and iOS. Mmm, music. I'm your host, Brent Simmons. This is a special two-part episode on OmniGraphle performance enhancements, which just shipped on Mac and iOS. Later on, we'll be talking with Ken Case, Tim Wood, and Dan Walker. But Let's begin with two Omnigraphle engineers, Ray Worthington and Shannon Hughes. Say hello, Shannon. Hello, Shannon. Say hello, Ray. Hello, Ray. Uh, the two of you uh, and these other folks have been working on Omnigraphle performance. Um, we'll start with Shannon. Uh, what, what have you been working on?
1: Okay, so one of the things that we discovered early on was that just opening a really large document uh, that one of our customers sent in was taking a long time. Uh, Large in terms of lots of elements to it? Yes, I think there were a whole lot of canvases and also a lot of graphics on each canvas. Okay. Um, And we discovered that a lot of the time that we were taking was actually in um, building arrays that we then were throwing away. Mm. Took a little bit of time to figure out where that was coming from, but it was when we were making the sidebar list of all the graphics. Okay. We were asking the layer for its array of graphics so that we could list them in the sidebar. Mm -hmm. But it turns out that when we ask a layer for its graphics, we make a temporary copy of the graphics and hand it back. Oh, okay. Right? So that was work that we did not, in this case, need to be doing. There's a few places Mm -hmm. in the app where we do need to be making that copy. But for the most part, in most places, we don't. So we solved that by not doing that work.
0: Right. The best <laughs> answer for all performance. Don't do yes, the work. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, how did you not do? How the work? did we not do that work? Let's get. Well,
1: first of all, because we still did need that API in some places, we couldn't do, do away with it entirely. But we also didn't want to run into this problem again. Hopefully, mm. uh, we renamed that method instead of just calling it Layer Graphics. It's now called Temporary Array of Layer Graphics. So oh, that okay. if you decide to call it, you realize that you might be doing something expensive.
0: Right. Sure.
1: And then we made some new API that is enumerate layer graphics using block so mm-hmm. that we encourage you to just give us a thing to do to all these graphics rather than asking for the whole array.
0: Sounds like a very modern solution using a block yes. and enumeration. Yeah. We are very um, modern here at Omni. No, that's cool. <laughs> We're writing in Swift these days, I imagine, sometimes, a lot of times. Sometimes,
2: yeah. yes.
3: Sometimes. Where, uh, I don't know. 30, 70 Swift Objective C these days, maybe. Yeah, I don't
2: know the don't entire codebase, or in or the, if code review like the, the
0: the codebase in the code
1: base yeah. Oh, okay. And that's one problem we ran into actually. Yeah, is so it with arrays?
3: Yeah, because you know, it turns out that it is not free to switch between a Objective C array and a Swift array. Mm. Moving arrays of information between one and the other language had a cost that. Was significant and was slowing us down in some places. Okay. I thought it was part of what prompted the layer graphic performance.
0: So the solution switch to Objective C bridging was yeah. part of the issue.
3: Yeah. So as a result, now we can say here's the work to do, and the layer can use the the graphics that it already has rather than making copies and mm. setting them off to be manipulated.
1: Yeah, and because we were just saying enumerate the thing like enumerate these graphics and do the thing with them mm-hmm. right then that array can stay in whatever language it is in exactly oh, okay. the block right. is what gets transferred over i forgot that's about that that's what i was trying yes. to say yes. right. thank you okay <laughs>
0: All Right. so yeah you skip bridging you skip the copy awesome yeah, that's way to go so much yeah. better nice I, I like that you renamed it too that's <laughs> you could have just called it this is a landmine array. (laughs) I I really, I
1: like, I like to give things scary names when you shouldn't be using them
3: very often. (laughs) It's been really helpful. Like it makes it a lot clearer when you're reading things. Like, okay, I have to stop and think about this because this is making copies and it could be making copies of a lot of things. Right. Especially, one of the coolest things with all of this performance work that we've been doing has been collecting and looking at user documents that people have sent in with, you know, notes, this is slow when I do this. I just don't even imagine half the things that that some of our users are doing mm-hmm. with our application. It's, it's awe-inspiring.
0: There was a guy working on a book of art, and I probably can't say more than this about it, but I have seen it. I think we've probably all seen it. And it's massive and massively impressive. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys been using that as part of the
1: Absolutely.
0: Performance?
3: It's yes. in for four separate performance tests now at this point.
0: Uh-huh.
3: And it's like a, a like you only have to say the title of this document and like the whole team is like, "Oh, that guy."
1: Yeah. But it was really cool because, because we love
0: what he's been able to do. Yeah. yeah. And
1: and the and like making the performance improvements and seeing them in that document has been the most gratifying work of this uh, whole yeah. perform this oh, whole performance milestone. Uh,
3: and it's cool both because he's got this document that's sizable but it's actually exercising a couple of different pain points that we had been trying to alleviate. Mm-hmm. So it was just like this perfect storm of challenges, but places where we could improve. And we released our public beta last week, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm.
0: when this comes out is probably four weeks ago. Well, but yeah. Fair. fair. Yeah. But
3: we got feedback from the author of that document pretty quickly oh, great. that. They were happy. Oh, he, yeah. they they had just said, this is so much better. Thank you so much. Ah, right. Great. And like, that was, that was extremely we were, exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: There was so much celebration in the chat. We were yeah. all very happy. It's weird. You had literally seen it get better with his actual document.
3: Yeah. Right. You know, it's like when you buy a present for somebody and mm-hmm. you're just waiting for them to open it. Ah, yeah. Right. <laughs> like, I'm just waiting for him to run it. And I hope he tells me what he does. Right? <laughs> that's always the challenge. Like, some people are really into... Working with you to track down a bug, and some people are like, "Hey, I told you it was wrong, and now this is no longer my problem." And that's mm-hmm. fair, sure. But at the same time, it's really nice to get that feedback. That's like, "Yeah, what you did actually helped me."
0: Yeah, that's cool.
1: It was also really nice because as we've been working on this performance milestone, we've also been building tests. Or can we go there now? <laughs> well, I was.
0: Um, <laughs> let's put a pin in that. Uh, okay, I hadn't asked what you specifically have been working on.
3: So um a lot of what I've been doing has been kind of in support of Shannon and Ryan's work more mm-hmm. than huge gains for things that I've been doing off in my own corner. Okay. So at the start of the target I spent a lot of time trying to find where our pain points were. So mm-hmm. a lot of time opening up these user documents in instruments and like trying to find the heavy backtraces right. and file bugs on that. And then as the target has moved on and we've started making some of these improvements, it's been making sure that our tests are existing and reflecting both what they say they're going to test and making sure that that's really what they're testing. Ah. (laughs) So talking about how to document what we're doing properly and making sure that the tools that we're using are useful. And so that's been a lot of feedback on the work that Tim Wood has been doing. About building up a test rig that always runs on the same hardware and that has a repeatable test environment so that gains are visible and meaningful, Mm -hmm. which is always a challenge with testing, especially with performance testing. Because if you run it on your local machine and you have an especially heavy web page in another window, like suddenly everything Uh, is different. Right? Why is this so much slower? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, because I had YouTube in another window, right? <laughs> oh, and I, you know, I didn't even think about it or mm-hmm. whatever it is.
0: We're not just doing some XC test performance measurements. There's a whole new <sighs> test apparatus going um, on here. What, what, what?
1: We are writing the tests in with the XC test framework in Xcode, mm-hmm. and we can run them there. Okay.
3: We've got a superstructure around the XC yeah. tests. Okay. And the reporting of the performance from mm-hmm. them is in our own structure and it's built into auto build, which is our Omni auto build is our internal app that shows us the status of all of our build servers, whether they're green or not for all mm-hmm. of our apps and also lets us request new builds. Right. And so now it's also reporting test performance, which makes sense because there's targets for tests and there have been for a long time.
0: Mm-hmm. But
3: so this is just an extra view on some of that build information. Okay. And now it will tell us that we are
1: failing if we have
3: gone below our performance benchmark mm-hmm. on any of our tests.
0: And, and so you mentioned a critical part of this is consistent hardware, right? Mm-hmm. So it's only running on a subset of our It is running services? on one server. One server. We okay. have
3: one server that is to be the blessed then. one. Yeah, all
0: right.
3: <laughs> and since it's just a build server and it's only building one thing at once, mm-hmm. we know that we have arguably constant hardware and right. current activity.
0: No status. one's using it to watch YouTube.
3: Nobody's yeah. nobody's playing Minecraft in another window or, you know, at least not that I know of.
0: Uh, <laughs> Ray, you had told a story about an undo bug you've been working on and and the tests. What, yeah. what was that about?
3: One of the latest things that I had been in pursuit of, and this was my, okay, Shannon and Ryan have both made these great gains in performance. This is the one I'm going to figure out. Involved moving a group of lines. And when I want to say a group of How lines. Many lines? Yes. How many lines? Yeah, this was a user document, okay. and it was a diagram of a catwalk. Think like cross metal girder kind of situation. Okay, there were sixty nine hundred lines in this group.
0: It's a lot of lines. It looks really cool, it though. Yeah,
3: and it was all grouped together, so you could move it as one unit okay. and use it to diagram whatever stage setup they had working on or whatever. I don't know what the larger goal was, but this this was the part of the document that was causing trouble. And the problem was when you moved the group and then undid the move, that was really slow. Mm. And so I, being the responsible performance tester that I have become, mm. <laughs> yes, become, that's the keyword there, uh-huh. I wrote a test that moved the group and then undid it. And I saw the unfortunately subpar performance that I had expected, and then I made a fix. And then the test ran again, and nothing changed. Hmm. And I was you so disappointed. I knew that
0: it was faster, right?
3: So I had run the application in instrument. I had theorized this is going to improve my performance. I had run in instruments. I had demonstrated to myself that this did mm. improve performance when I was doing the user steps of doing the drag and hitting oh. Command Z undo. But the test wasn't reproducing this. Grr. Exactly. So I, I was stuck in this situation where I I was like, I have a couple different answers here. One, the test isn't testing what I think it is. Two. The fix isn't fixing what I think it is. Mm. Three some combination of, you know, uh, something else horrible is happening. And so I ended up really closely introspecting the drag code to see maybe I'm not calling the same API to move the graphic group that the actual drag code does. And it turned out it wasn't. Mm. So I wrote another test and it didn't change either. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was really upset. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So long story short, it turned out that the undo mechanism that I had increased the performance in was at a high enough level that I hadn't caught it in my test. Like that part Uh, wasn't being invoked.
0: Okay. So you're testing something lower down.
3: Yeah, exactly. And it turns out that it was a two-line fix to my test right and it's it's running as we speak on <laughs> the one blessed server somewhere in a server room uh-huh. so hopefully when we're done here i'll be able to look at the results and finally see that line drop and be able to do my little victory dance yeah hopefully that's why this should be
0: a video <laughs> podcast cuz we'd follow you and
3: no <laughs> no <laughs> nobody needs to see that Brent.
0: <laughs> what about our audience
3: that's part of nobody <laughs> <laughs>
0: When we started to work on omnigraphical performance, did we set up all this testing stuff in advance, or yeah. just kind of dive right in?
1: So we knew that we needed tests, right? Mm-hmm. And we had a me- We all agreed we will not work on fixing a bug until we have written a test to catch this performance problem. Okay, right? Mm-hmm. We were all in agreement about that.
3: I think so. It didn't exactly work that way. Yeah, which mm-hmm. I'd
1: give us what maybe a B plus on that. Yeah, for this milestone we've done pretty well. Yeah, right? yeah, pretty well. Sometimes it's it's just too tempting, and you just forget. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. And Part then it- the whole the whole system that Tim's done on the build servers has been sort of developed in parallel. Okay, Right.
3: There's been a lot so- of feedback about, like, okay, we seem to be capturing more. The base Xcode performance tests weren't accurately capturing some of the work we were doing mm. because of performing after delays and sending things off to happen on other threads. Oh, sure. And so work was... Happening That wasn't getting measured. Mm. And so a lot of our exoskeleton around the tests is making sure that that is all getting counted in, in our measurements so that we actually see the cost of what we're doing and properly account for it. So that was, I think, a large part of Tim's goals. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we were saying, hey, we need to test everything. Tim was saying, well, our tests aren't going to reflect reality properly yet. Right. And so while we got started with figuring out what our problems were and theorizing about what some of the bigger fixes might be, he was busy building up some of that testing infrastructure so that we could later on prove it. Which in turn means that some of our big gains, some of our early fixes didn't get captured in our data because no. the data wasn't there yet.
1: <laughs> they, do have, they do have like commit messages where like, you know, we ran them on our local machines without the Mm -hmm. fix and with the fix and could say, like, this got 50% faster.
0: So though it's like not getting credit for your steps. It felt like it feels like it,
1: which is part of why it was so great to get feedback from the customer to be reminded that, oh, right, since we started this whole process, Mm -hmm. we have made some really big gains, even though our current measurement system has only captured the tail end, so it looks less impressive.
3: Yeah, I think a change that I made and a change that Ryan made between the two of them, had the document opening in like a 20th of the time or something absurd wow, like that. That's great. And neither of those got captured right. in our historical data. So, and because of the way that the test development went, it's not easily possible to go back and measure where we were at at the very beginning.
0: Oh, right, sure.
3: So we're kind of like at this point where we're just shrugging and saying, we did good. Yeah. It's fine.
1: Um, <laughs> and going forward, we will be more rigorous. Yeah.
3: Right. Sure. And well, I mean, yeah,
0: it's got this all we are set up. Set up so, yeah. Yeah. Right.
3: That's cool. But it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how things go. I made a change this morning actually to the build rig. This is the first one I have made. So I was talking to Tim like, okay, I'm, I'm going to change the thing. Is it, mm. are, are we okay with me changing the thing? Yeah. Okay. Where we weren't quite making sure that we were at a consistent place before we started measuring Sometimes on some
0: tests. Oh, and you need like a clean slate or whatever. Exactly.
3: So I had tests where the result was the very first time we ran the thing that we were measuring. It took a lot of time. And then for each of the subsequent runs, it took a very little amount of time. So my average was coming in just about right. Mm -hmm. But if I made sure that we were at our good state before we started suddenly my maximum time dropped significantly and my average dropped a little bit. Mm. So today's test results are slightly better than yesterday's. Hey, it's a good day. <laughs> I was pretty happy about it. Yeah. It's always nice to have like to make a change and say, I think this is going to have a positive effect and then see it have a positive effect. Yeah,
0: right. And the days when it doesn't or it's the opposite. <sighs> we had, I just go to bed early.
3: Like, we yeah. had one of those actually. And it was really unfortunate because of the timing of what had happened Ryan had made a change and I had made a change that I thought was possible to have caused problems. And so I spent a lot of time trying to figure out and it turned out our tests got a lot worse. And I thought, oh, no, I must have done this completely wrong. And it turned out that Ryan's change was not performant in a particular situation that he hadn't tested. Uh And I had found it with my test that I had just added and thought, oh, I've written the test wrong. No, I caught a problem. Yes. (laughs) That's cool. So once we figured it out, it was great. And and we were able to back out that change and fix the problem that he was looking at in another way. Mm. So these tests are actually they've they've paid for themselves already. Wow.
1: <laughs> there was also the the story of when we were part way through fixing a major thing or changing how we replace text variables, mm-hmm. which we weren't caching those results at all in the past. Okay. Uh, mostly because the cache invalidation problem is. Very tricky. Heard of that. (laughs) Yeah. In this particular case, it's more tricky than usual. So now we were trying to cache them and the intermediate step meant that we weren't replacing them at all. We were never updating our cache. So
0: now it's fast. So it was real fast. And that's
1: when Tim set the baseline for the test. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: your baseline is be as fast as if as if you were doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't do it at all.
1: Do it perfectly, but (laughs) as quickly as if you were doing nothing. (laughs)
3: Turns out that's not possible.
1: Right. Yeah. You're getting close? Yeah. Well, I, I, you know. Better? It's better than yeah. it was. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, and this is bottom one. line is it's CPU. It's work. It has to happen. Right. Yeah. yeah.
3: This is one instance where we're going to need to adjust the baseline a little bit to account for okay. that work that does have to happen mm-hmm. actually happening. But there's a lot less of it happening than there used to be.
0: Good. <laughs> good, good, good. Well, I think that pretty much covers things unless I'm forgetting something I should be asking you two about
3: we're swift as the wind and want you to know it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> OmniGraphle way faster.
1: Everyone get it. Yeah.
0: yeah
3: right.
1: And also going to continue being faster in the future now that
0: we have this great setup. set yeah. up to, to... And so for one thing, you'll catch it, you know, if something slows down, you'll catch it yeah. right yeah. away.
3: And we yeah.
1: won't ship it.
0: Yeah. That's
3: right. Or at hmm. least we'll be able to sit and talk about like, okay, are we okay with this going slightly slower?
0: Sure. Uh, there are always tra- the trade-offs. trade-offs if, right. Yeah. If it like makes something else Blazing fast.
3: Exactly. Like, is the thing that very rarely gets done, is that okay that that's slow? Sure. Or if we
1: were just doing it totally wrong or not doing it at all. Right.
3: Exactly. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, you got to take time to figure things out. The other nice thing, though, is that since we've gone through the growing pains of Mm -hmm. getting all of this set up, that means the rest of our apps can um, grow into having performance tests. I know that Tom was starting to look at using the same rig for some planned performance tests. I don't know how far that's gone, but... He asked me questions. <laughs> yeah, that's good.
0: Every app can use
3: exactly better
0: tests and better performance. Yeah. I mean, and uh, that was part of our roadmap this year. Yep. We we're going to do that. Here we are doing it.
3: Woo! Wow! Yeah. Cool. Good job, us. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Shannon. Thank you. Thank you, Ray. You're very welcome. And uh, we'll move on to the next segment. In the studio, we have Ken Case, Tim Wood, and Dan Walker. Dan Walker is new to the show. He's the omnigraphal Prime Minister. Say hello, Dan. Hello, Dan. Say hello, Ken. Hello, Ken. Say hello, Tim. Hello, Tim. So I'll start with the obvious question, semi-obvious, is why are we working on performance enhancements? Why have we? What was the impetus for this?
4: We don't like for things to be slow. <laughs> <laughs> Super good answer.
0: Yeah. But, you know, h- how how did things get slow? What brought us to here?
4: So, you know, we wrote Omnigrafal, what, really? Yeah, about 18 years ago now, 19 years mm-hmm. ago. And at that time, screens were less dense. Like, you didn't have retina screens. So sure. there were fewer pixels you were pushing around that way. There were fewer pixels coming on the input side as well because you didn't have... Uh, super high-res images coming from cameras or from screenshots, even mm. you know all of that is more than it used to be, and the uh, the colors have gotten deeper. As, and so, even if you had the same number of pixels per inch, you would have deeper colors. And that's more bits per pixel, more pixels per inch, and it all uh, adds up. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that's happened. The drawing technology has changed a bit, and over time, the layers that we've been using to draw. Uh didn't necessarily match up with everything else. And we did some big optimizations when we did iPad or bus and brought OmniGraffle to iPad in 2010. Mm-hmm. And we thought maybe this is a good time to bring some of those optimizations back to the Mac side of things. Oh, okay. Yeah, I imagine uh, that was probably a significant
0: amount of work back in 2010, bringing OmniGraffle to the iPad in the first place.
4: It was a much more limited device than it is now in, yeah. in yeah. terms of relative uh, horsepower. wasn't even a retina screen right at first. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely right. not. Tiny amount of memory, slow CPU, <laughs> relatively speaking.
0: Well, what's the process? How did we go about identifying the things that needed to be faster? You know, Knowing that machines have changed, the context has changed, there are still specific things that need to be sped up. Do we have a process for that?
5: One of the things that we've noticed is when
0: people send us sample documents,
5: uh, people who are able to share these sorts of things, it really helps us out. So we can see both the performance problems that they may be trying to share with us, but also it gives us a little glimpse into what they're actually doing with the apps. And one of the things we noticed was that people are putting in larger and larger images into their documents itself. Hmm. People will take large background images of maps or of building floor plans and things like that. They'll bring that into Graffle and then they'll use Graffle to overlay icons or updates to those images over the top. Mm -hmm. And we were starting to notice that our performance with those very large images was not meeting our standards. Mm -hmm. And people were bringing in larger and larger images as the world started supporting these larger Mm -hmm. images.
0: So even an iPhone having a bigger and better camera can affect omni performance because people are more likely to use those pictures, right? Right. Okay. Were there areas besides large images that were particularly um, performance sensitive?
5: The other area that we noticed was opening documents with a lot of canvases or large groups, large amounts of content on the screen, like a number of objects on the canvas. Those sorts of things were starting to trail off in
0: performance. Tim, how did we make images faster?
2: Well, our engineering team spent a bunch of work trying out various optimizations for um, pre-rendering images in a tiled fashion. So they're scaled to exactly what the device needs for quick rendering.
0: So is the tiling similar to, I I think, of the early days of, of iOS? The first version of Safari would draw like part of a web page, right. sort of checkerboard or something, I don't recall exactly. But it wouldn't draw all of it, tile it that way. We don't
2: do asynchronous tiling in that sense, so you, okay. you, you don't ever see a checkerboard, but we do, I believe I'd have to double-check, ended up doing tiling across multiple cores. Mm. The big advantage is doing that up front so that when you're scrolling around, You're not paying a penalty for resizing the image while you're drawing it, that sort of thing.
4: We also even thought about how to make it more obvious to the user when they're doing something that would slow things down, like updating our image inspector to show you how big the image is that is attached to a shape. So that you realize that you've attached this 20 megabyte image and, Mm -hmm. and maybe it's going to slow things down and you could optimize it differently. So I imagine
0: beyond the big thing, there were probably also a lot of very, very small performance enhancements, but we've seen how that can really pile up and help an app.
2: Yeah, there's performance enhancements sort of scattered out throughout the app. A lot of work was done to unify updates to the inspectors as, you know, changes are made. Just one example of, we have a test where you select a bunch of objects with text on them and hit command B to bold. The inspectors happen to be recalculating what the correct bold font was over and over for the same source font and, and, you know... Mm. Something that's super fast when you do it once, but if you do it for a thousand objects, it starts to add up. So, how did
0: we find specifically in the code where the slowdowns were? Where did we just use instruments? Like,
2: uh, yeah, tend I to? mean, that's pretty much the starting point is mm-hmm. use instruments. Some things are perfectly obvious when you do that; they just bubble right to the top. Other right. things are sort of scattered out throughout the app and are a little harder to recognize. One of the tricks for tracking down some of those, though, is instead of running with the time profiler instrument, running with the allocations instrument. One of the things that's really easy to miss is allocations of temporary objects. Mm -hmm. Getting rid of those can be a huge time savings.
0: Back when the iPhone was new, one of my... Cardinal rules of programming was just don't allocate any memory yeah. at all. Yeah, it's now, the best way to be safe. Yeah. You have to break that rule <laughs> a little bit, but it's still, it can still add up. Yeah. yeah. Especially with a large graphical document with a lot of stuff on it. Yeah. Makes sense. But that's the good note. Use allocations.
2: In particular, the, the allocations instrument has a column for transient allocations, mm. which I, some people don't seem to know about, which are objects that are allocated and then deallocated within some period of time. Okay.
0: So then how did we measure success? So a specific problem we think is
2: solved. How did we determine that that's true? Uh, Well, the first step is once you've made an improvement, don't lose it. So we extended Apple's XE test case support for doing performance measurements so that performance results are sent over to our build system and recorded there. And then we have a app that lets us view historical trends and the build system also if a test is slower than it's supposed to be, we'll fail the build and we can go look at it and figure mm-hmm. out what's going on.
0: So are all these tests just basically in code or is it launching OmniGraphle and doing some, yeah, some so
2: instructions? Some of the tests are easy enough to do in small headless test cases, but a lot of the areas that we need to check for performance issues are at all levels of the app, the inspectors, rendering, scrolling, actually pretending to click and switch canvases. So we do have a, a macro in our server farm that there's a user logged in, and <laughs> every couple minutes, Graffle fires up and starts doing strange things. And... <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, sure.
0: So, Ken, how did we watch for regressions? Were the tests able to cover all those kinds of things, or...?
4: Well, it depends on which kind of regressions you have in mind. So
0: the... the oh, I was thinking of if we're touching a whole lot functionality of Functionality regressions. Yes, yes. Right. Then, <laughs>
4: you yeah. know, yeah. Yeah, mostly that involved manual testing. Mm-hmm. We have some automated tests in place that will catch some of the, the issues. And I think actually, you know, maybe we'll hear from Dan on some of those in sure. a little bit. But, <laughs> but a big piece was just inviting customers to start testing with us and then mm-hmm. telling us what they noticed that was broken. Like yeah. maybe... Labels not updating properly, or whatever. So Dan, of course, you work closely with the
0: testers, running the test bashes and such. Um, how, how has that gone? Has the performance stuff been able to get in pretty well without causing a lot of backtracking? Or
5: it definitely creates a bigger load for the for the testers. Sure. When we decide to touch text or touch images or something like that. It's a large scope to uh, try and retest and recover. Mm-hmm. We've got some tests in place for things like SVG, which has been very helpful in telling us if we've regressed in those areas.
0: But um, So is this a test of SVG support or are you using SVG for testing in some other way?
5: Uh, this is testing our import and export functionality. Okay. So import some SVG, compare it to what it was supposed to look like or export it.
4: And similarly, we have a suite of old documents from OmniGraffle 4 even, mm. and earlier from some of those transitions where we uh, had a set of documents and some Apple script that would go through and take one of those documents and export each of its canvases to an image. And so I updated that pipeline to let us compare the output of earlier versions of the app with the current version and let us know where exports had unexpectedly differed. Mm. And that's a manual process because... Things like shadow rendering do change from release to release and with pixel densities and color densities and so on. Oh, sure. So it's not always going to be exact, but there's a bitmap comparison tool that will mark changes in varying values of red. Oh. So that was an easy way to kind of see, okay, these things have shifted out and that text is not where it's supposed to be Mm. (laughs) anymore.
5: The beauty of the automated test going forward is, like the SVG has proven before, these performance tests will keep us in line and make sure that our performance at least stays at this baseline. Right. If yeah, not, improves in the future.
0: Sure. And then uh, screens will go to like 4X or something and then, you know, <laughs> have to do it all over again. So this work, though, even um, extended all the way out, Dan, you mentioned, into the size of the package you don't have separate localized template files anymore. Instead, a strings dictionary and swapping in.
5: Yeah, previously we had a copy for each locale that we were localized in. We would have a copy of every sample document, every template, stencil, and thing that we bundled with the app. And uh, it happened to work well with performance to merge all those together into a single template and stencil file with strings files embedded in it. Mm -hmm. So it was just, Capturing the actual differences in the file. That was also partially for my own sanity since I sure. manage all those files. And <laughs> every time we would make just a subtle change to the document itself, I would then have to go update every English version of that and then go update in the other 10 languages that we support. So right. quickly works out to hundreds of files that I'm touching. And so I'm quite happy with this update.
0: Yeah. So we're in English and 10 other languages. That's, I think that's standard across our apps. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Same set. Yeah. Which I notice every time I have to do localized screenshots for Apple. <laughs> <laughs> so even the size of the app
4: package is down. That's a cool thing. Anything I'm forgetting about performance? Well, as people out there have had a chance to look at this release, even after we shipped, we still want to hear from people, you know, fire it up. Tell us if you notice any. Uh, of course, if there are any functionality regressions, we'd love to hear about it. You know, As we make performance changes, sometimes something will slip through the cracks. And if we don't hear from anybody telling us about it, then you might be the first person to let us know. But also, of course, if you see any areas that are still slower than you would expect, you know, we would love to hear from you and find out what we can do to improve those use cases. Sounds
0: good. There is an anonymizing function in the
4: app. So you can swap out your... Yeah. So if you if you have a document open in OmniGraphle and you go to the help menu and choose contact Omni, it will offer to send an email message to us. Well, it will prompt and ask, would you like to send an an anonymized copy of your document as well? Mm -hmm. And if you do that, that will swap all of the text around, you know, replacing all of the words with just X's or something, and the images get replaced with a stock built-in image that has nothing to do with your confidential images. Mm -hmm. However, that said, because that image is now just a stock anonymized image, it may not have the same performance characteristics that your original image did. So, I mean, you can check and see whether the anonymized copy, you know it will open an email message that has this attachment. Before you even send it, you could open that document and see whether it still has the same problem that you were trying to demonstrate to us.
0: Mm -hmm.
4: And if not, then... If you can find some way to reproduce the problem, whether it's putting in an original image in there or another one sort of like it, similar characteristics, size and depth and so on, then uh, that would be really helpful to us. Cool.
0: After all, performance is always a thing that we can always work on and
4: and make better. I mean, people always love for things to go faster. right?
2: Yeah, if we make it work well with 500 canvases, then somebody will start putting in 1,000. Yeah that's, <laughs> yeah,
4: that's already happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: I
5: was still surprised by the user actually has 500 canvases. Wow! Do that in, and, then, and do they have a new is. Mac Pro. <laughs> they won't need one now with the performance improvements. Yeah, there you go. We just saved them like
0: ten thousand dollars. It's pretty cool.
5: But yeah, those are the kind of files that we use now for our mm. our test cases.
0: Sounds good. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Ken. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Dan. I'd also like to thank our intrepid producer, Mark Bosco. Say hello, Mark. Hello, Mark. And especially I want to thank you for listening. Thank you. Music. Music.